Hello, what have we here? Hey, it's me. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Han Solo, the Rebellion General? No, Smuckler. Wasn't he a war hero? <laughs> this is a ship that made the Kessel Run in 14 parsecs. 12! Kid, I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff. Not wise, from said a Wookiee. I don't know. Fly casual. Well, that was a long time ago. I'm sure he's forgotten about that. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. That's right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed. I've got with me tonight Dennis and Pat. We actually just went to go see Solo's A Star Wars Story and um, had some dinner, kind of gave our uh, gave our thoughts some time to uh, percolate a little bit. And uh, so we're going to be talking Solo, A Star Wars Story. So this is being recorded the night that Solo has come out. Uh, not the Thursday night, but the Friday. And uh, we're going to get this one out a little bit quicker than we thought we might. We were going to give it a little bit of time to wait, give people some time to see it. But we thought, you know what, let's just go ahead and get this out there, and then as people um, go watch the movie, that they can come on back and listen and uh, either argue with us or uh, you know, send us some feedback and, and tell us what they were thinking of the movie as well. So that is where we're at today. Uh, if you want to uh, let us know what you're thinking of the show, please give us a review on iTunes. That is a way, if you're enjoying the show, that's a way for you to easily give back. That doesn't cost you anything other than just a quick little bit of time to go onto iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts and just give us a quick rating there. Um, I will go ahead and just say right now, we will spoil the events of this movie. So if you have not seen it, I know it's brand new. So if you have not seen it, wait, go watch it and come on back. We, all of us recommend it. So, um, you know, it, it's not one of those things where we're like, yeah, the movie, it was not great. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun at this movie. We actually forgot, uh, I'm, I'm recording this opening after we have done our recording, and um, we forgot to actually rank it. We were going to talk about ranking it in terms of where it is in the Star Wars movies for us. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's not, I don't know that I would put it among my absolute favorite Star Wars movies, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to go see. Um, a lot of great stuff in there. If you're a Star Wars fan, if you've played Star Wars video games over the years or read the books or the magazines or the comics or the cartoons or whatever, there's going to be some Easter eggs in here for you to find. And It's just a fun movie. Really, really fun movie. We had a lot of fun with it. I'm going to go take my family to go see it here in about a week or so uh, once everybody gets out of school. Um, I'm going to jump right on into the movie background info for Solo uh, so that we can get on into our discussion. Solo came out today, uh, May 25th, 2018, rated PG-13 with a runtime of 2 hours and 15 minutes, directed by Ron Howard, who did A Beautiful Mind and Apollo 13. The original directors were Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who did Lego Movie, 21 Jump Street, and the upcoming Artemis movie, um, based on the Andy Weir's uh, second book, After the Martian. Producers on this one, Kathleen Kennedy, who did E.T., Poltergeist, Goonies, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and so on and so on. Uh, Allison Shermer, Shier- uh, who died in 2018, just earlier this year. Um, she did the Hunger Games movies, uh, producer on that one, except for the first Hunger Games, and then was also a producer on Rogue One and the Power Rangers movie. Uh, Simon Emanuel was also a producer for Rogue One. Writers for this one were Jonathan and Lawrence Kasdan. Jonathan Kasdan did In the Land of Women and 
a movie called The First Time. Lawrence has done Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi, Wyatt Earp, The Force Awakens. Cinematography was done by Bradford Young, who did Selma and Arrival. Music was done by John Powell, who did How to Train Your Dragon, Shrek, and The Born Identity. And John Williams uh, did, I believe, the first song on the soundtrack, uh, soundtrack called The Adventures of Han. And um, he has basically done everything good in the world. Budget for this one was $250 million. Um, so, and so far, as of the time of this recording, we have no idea what the box office is going to be. So um, there are some reports. People are saying that it's not expected to do as well as they hoped it would, that it's going to struggle to break... Um, <clears throat> Well, I think this is like 110 million or um, 115 million, whatever. Uh, so, whatever. It was a fun movie. So, whatever you think, whatever you think a movie needs to make, um, whatever. So, don't have any information on the box office stuff just yet, though. I'm sure we'll hear more about that as it comes around. Uh, starring Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. He was in Stoker and Hail Caesar. Junus Suatamo. Suotamo, I think, uh, is Chewbacca. He was in The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Woody Harrelson is Beckett. He was in Natural Born Killers and Zombieland. Amelia Clark is Kira. She was in Game of Thrones and Terminator Genesis. Donald Glover was Lando Calrissian. He was in Atlanta and The Martian. Thandie Newton played Val. He was in Westworld and Mission Impossible 2. Phoebe Waller-Bridge played L337. was in Fleabag and Crashing. Paul Bettany is Dryden Voss. He was in A Beautiful Mind, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Infinity War. John Favreau is Rio Durant, played the voice. Uh, he was in Iron Man and Chef. Linda Hunt did the voice of Lady Proxima. She was in Kindergarten Cop and Pocahontas. And Warwick Davis played Weasel and was in the Star Wars movies and Willow. Uh, the reception for this one, we don't know about audience reception yet, but critical reception is about a 70%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um... We're going to throw in the trailer really quick, and then we'll be back in just a second. I'm not going to do a whole lot of background because we just kind of got into talking about it as we sat down to record. So here's the trailer, and then when we come back, it'll be myself and Dennis and Pat talking about our thoughts on having seen Solo, a Star Wars story. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. Here they come! Let me give you some advice. We assume everyone will betray you. 
and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it! All right, so we just got out of Solo. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, we got out of Solo. We went to a Mexican restaurant, yep. brought food with us. Mm-hmm. So that's because you know, we needed to eat something other than popcorn. And uh, But we just got out of Solo. Mm-hmm. Solo just came out last night. Yep. We were able to go see it tonight yep. once we got off of school. And I, I think we got some things to say about it. So let's just start with that. Let's yeah. just start with... Initial reactions, we just saw it, like, what did we get out of the theater, maybe an hour and a half ago, hour ago? Maybe. Something like that. So We're still basking in the afterglow. If, and, and real quick, if if the audio quality of this is not quite what it normally is for our recordings, we just want to say that we came back to school to record, and the power has been out for several hours, so my laptop is not working. Nope. None of the other computers that we would have would be working, so we are recording this using a, a little, uh, was it a little lavalier microphone mm-hmm. off of our iPhone, so... So we're just gonna do what we can do, and that's totally fine. We're all we're all fine here now. How are you? Yeah, how are you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just start with that. Like, what did you guys think? Dennis is eating, so I'll go to you first, Pat. I uh, I, I suppose I should just start are by you, saying, are you all choked up about the movie? Is that, yeah, is that right? <laughs> awesome guys, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, look, what a great movie it was. How do you feel about the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, that was just really cool. It was, you know, it was. I think it was everything you could hope for. As a fan of well, Star Wars, but like Han Solo, mm-hmm. you know, it it went there. It the the folks that love Han Solo and and all that, we want to see more Millennium Falcon. We got more Millennium Falcon. We want to see a little backstory. We got backstory. I, you know, the, we don't want the movie to be too pretentious or try to do too much or try and make it. Well, we're going to make it super adult or super, you know. And we got it. We just got a fun action movie with, um, or adventure movie, not just action movie. Oh, there's plenty of action. But I mean, plenty, uh, fun adventure movie with uh, exciting characters, you know. Um, I thought the guy that did, uh, that played Han Solo, did a really great job of, um, of, of bringing a young Han Solo to life. And uh, Lando Calrissian was, <laughs> what a classic character he was. And then all the other characters that just kind of, they put in. Um, you know, to fill out the story, I, I thought they were they were they were fun characters to watch on screen. Woody Harrelson was great um, in there, and uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the movie. And I don't know, you guys could fill in this gap with with Ron Howard and and how much he does does he do much in the way of superhero and nope. sci-fi movies and all that? Nope. I, I he seems to do other <clears throat> movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've Seen a bunch of his stuff. So, but but jumping in here, Willow, Willow comes to mind. We okay, just did Willow, a and he did Backdraft. He did Rush. Mm-hmm. He did so. You know, maybe a different style of movie than a than than a Star Wars movie. But you know, it's kind of like he's just a a great filmmaker. A great. I mean, I think it's safe to say he's one of the greats. And he just came in and, and did a great job. I mean, it was a well put together movie. It flowed. Uh, the plot was interesting. There were twists and turns. Um, there was humor. I I was really I was impressed with the movie. 
It was a, it was a fun thing to go see in the theater. Nice. Dennis, how about you? All right. Um, I, initial reaction is obviously uh, it's along the lines of Pat's. It's good. I, I came into it and I was just as curious because the choice of the actor was huge. And that was one of my concerns going in because in the trailers you don't quite get it all. So I wasn't sure and I was a little apprehensive thinking, am I going to really buy this guy as, as Han Solo, as Harrison Ford? And that's ultimately what you're trying to do is get you know that character hopefully somewhat captured through an hour and a half and tell his backstory. And... Um, and watching the movie was definitely a relief and knowing that Ron Howard was involved, like you said, great film director, but great storyteller. Yeah. And I think having that, I felt confident going in. So I felt like I was a little wary of the actors, but I was really confident with the director. And, uh, and that, it turned out that both of those things were, were, well, the first one was a needless worry because the, the actor, I think, did a, a really good job. As it went on, you felt like he was more definitely by the end of the film. I felt like it connected this young Han, uh, Han Solo to the older one. Um, I think everything Pat said, uh, the humor, the right amount of humor, action. I was taking note, the one I reason I look at, I'm going, even the, the droids that are in here, like the Chewbacca story, then the droid, you know, the droid that uh, with, with, uh, with Lando, I felt more when that droid died than mm -hmm. I did with, um, with uh, what's her name, for, with Finn and, um, and um, what's the character? Rose. From? Rose, with yeah. Finn and Rose. So like when Rose was like you know dying but then didn't die, but um, when she was dying that scene was so far less emotional than it was for the the droid dying in, in this mm -hmm. one. Yeah. I, I felt like more like oh man oh because you like that character. And I was hoping she was actually going to come back and she yeah. didn't. I mean she in a way she does and helps out, but um, that that's good storytelling and that's that's Ron Howard and that's the writer and that's everybody bringing it out and making that happen. So yeah, I would definitely overall uh, very pleased with it. I thought they did a nice job for you know you got two hours to tell that story. They left in the right amount. They uh, there's not not much I would do differently. I think it's just a nice 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 uh, nice trans transition into into the screen story of that. So yeah, I, I'm I'm along the same lines. As music you guys, too. I, By the way, music. Oh, I music, yeah. music was good. I, I was already listening to the music in the car on the way over here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys. I I really enjoyed it, and I that's not saying much because it's a Star Wars movie. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what, even. I'll, I'll even watch Attack of the Clones, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people would probably agree that's not the strongest. of the, It's probably the worst of the Star Wars movies if you're going to rank them. Um, <clears throat> I was a little nervous about this one going into it, but as I heard more and more about it, I just I tried to kind of pull back on my expectations and just say, hey, you know what? As long as it's fun, like, I don't need it to be. I don't need it to be an amazing like. I don't needed this to be a Star Wars movie where somebody's going to be like, ah, it could be the first Star Wars movie to win like a major Oscar or like you know. Best picture or that. I don't need that. All I wanted was, it's. I wanted it to be fun. As long as it's fun, you got. I mean, because it's on solo. You're you're flying spaceships or you're racing cars. You're doing whatever. As long as it can do that. As long as there's some smuggling going on. As long as you got you know some gunfights and you got some chases, then I'm good. And so that's kind of how I, I tempered my expectations to say, hey, as long as it does that, I'm good. It's succeeded for me. And I think this movie totally did. Mm -hmm. I, I, sitting there watching it in the theater, and I'm, I, I try to go in not reading any reviews, at least yep. as much as I could. Trying to go in not reading anything, um, at least story wise about mm -hmm. the movie. I did see some reactions on like what people were saying, you know, and, and initial reactions. People were like, "Oh my god, this was this was awesome. Mm -hmm. like, it was fun. It was great." Um, is it the greatest Star Wars movie ever made? No, but it was it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people I think went in with expectations. They were like, "Hey, I thought this was going to be bad." 
it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. So I did read some of those, but then I tried to go into it. And I was like, you know what? Again, fun. Yeah. As long as I have fun in this movie, it's going to be fine. And I was thinking about it as we were driving over here in the car. I was kind of thinking about it, and I thought, you know, is this is this a movie where it would stand alone on its own if it wasn't, if it didn't have the rest of the Star Wars universe to pull from, would this movie be all right on its own? Like, if you walked into this, you'd never seen another Star you Wars movie. Han Solo is. If you didn't know you who Han know. Solo was, if you didn't know who Chewbacca was, if you didn't know who Lando was, if you didn't know the Millennium Falcon, would this movie still work? Because in essence, I'm sorry, no, I, go, go but on. I was going to say, in essence, that's kind of what... As we're aging out of the system, right? right? The, that, that critical. Right. I'm, that I'm cr- thinking. I'm thinking of kid now, not my kids, because my kids have been raised right. in Star Wars. But, but the but. kid, we got to get the new generation mm-hmm. excited about it. And so, yeah, what is a kid mm-hmm. going to sit? I mean, are they going to cheer for Han Solo? Right. Because we go into this looking backwards. Yeah. We go into this be like, okay, and I think we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. that while we were waiting for our food. Um, we're like, okay, does this does this guy, yeah. Alden Ironreich, I think is how you say his name, um, does this guy? match the mannerisms and all that, like the, the cadence, how uh, Harrison cadence, Ford yeah. spoke and all that other stuff, does he match up with what we know? And the more I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? I, kids are not going to care about that. Kids are not going to watch this movie mm-hmm. and go, oh yeah, I can totally see how this Han Solo becomes that Han Solo. Yeah. They're they're probably going to watch it the other way, other way around yeah. and be like, oh, this movie's really cool. Oh, there's a movie where he's older? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool too. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, w- I was trying to think about that. Does this movie stand alone on its own without needing to know the rest of Star Wars? And I think it does. Yeah. I mean, I think there's plenty of stuff if you're a fan and if you're looking for stuff. I, I, I was just jotting down a list right now um, of just the different things that were that were said, like little names that were dropped in this movie and like names of planets and names of different things mm-hmm. from around Star Wars. And I was just trying to jot stuff down. I'm like, you know what? For anybody who knows a lot about Star Wars, there were little things. I don't know if you guys heard me laughing. Like, there were times yeah. in the movie that, like, they would drop a, a, a reference to something. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah, nobody else in the theater ones. has any clue what they're talking about. But that's mm-hmm. awesome because I know exactly what that is. And, mm-hmm. um, so I think it does. I think it stands alone on its own. Um, you know, I, again, my kids know plenty about Star Wars. They probably know more about Star Wars than a lot of adults do. Um, so that's not for them, but the next generation of kids that will not have seen, um, you know, or maybe too young to go see Last Jedi, or they haven't right. seen the original three movies, maybe they've watched Rebels, maybe they've watched right. Clone Wars, some of those cartoons, or maybe this is the first movie that they ever watch yeah. that's Star Wars related, can they then come out of that and I think so. be able to see it as a movie and just enjoy it for what it is? And well, I, go, I go back and I say, like, there's certain episodes, like the one, you know, one, two, three, and all those, that mm-hmm. if that was the only movie, that, or there's the first movie, I don't know if it would have caught on as much. Right. And I'm like, while this might not have been, you know, had there been nothing like this, you know, and then this movie, mm-hmm. that also obviously helps. But I think, like, this and, and uh, Rogue, mm-hmm. both were movies that, had they been the first thing that you ever saw of Star Wars, you would want a second one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd want to know what's going on in Tatooine. Who's right. the like you want to follow this guy and see what's right. going on. You want to see what happens with that with that other that the the the, the people that he left at the end here. Yeah. And, the, like you want to see what happens to yeah. them. Like you yeah. care about even that care. I mean, I will say it's probably the best cast mm-hmm. for the newer ones. Yeah, you know, I, I can't pick somebody that, like Woody's awesome in it, mm-hmm. and Woody. And just side note for Woody Harrelson yeah. coming from Cheers, which I loved him on Cheers, and mm-hmm. he played that guy perfectly. 
we were watching, you know, um, War for the Planet of the Apes or whatever the, the latest yeah. one or whatever. Yeah. Again. And I'm just like, oh. God, is he turned into such a good? Yeah. Actor. He is. Like, he is. He is, isn't he? He is Jeez. under underrated or whatever. Well, I mean, look at look at what he's done over the course of his life. Ones. From Cheers to yep. Natural Born Killers to People versus Larry Flint to like yep. all those different movies he's been in. The he was in the Hunger Games movies, the, Hunger Game movies. Yeah. But he's been I mean, White Man Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then the the, the I mean, he's got the serious roles. Yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. what the other one was that he was just in. Um, but yeah, it like his his for whatever reason he just works in movies and you mm-hmm. like him and you you know you play yeah. both type of uh, so I mean I just so as, I know it's Star Wars but it's just a side note of like that was such a good choice because at first you sometimes go Woody Harrelson's there but I have mm-hmm. not been disappointed in a Woody Harrelson yeah. movie mm-hmm. for how long I mean the whole movie seemed and you know you guys know camera angles but I mean the whole movie just seemed like just professionally done. And I'll explain I'll explain this the this statement. It was like sometimes movies whatever it is like uh, superhero movies or maybe some of the Star Wars movies or the Star Trek movies, you know, you get in there and it's like okay, this generation this group of actors well they're they're reaching too much or they don't quite feel like just completely comfortable in their roles or it feels forced or why are they telling this story or why are they taking a risk and going this direction and you know there's always questions or like i'm not too keen on that or okay this movie was tolerable that just seems to be a lot of the things that we come back to when there's the inevitable this was good but in this movie it seemed like the professionals showed up and it was like ron howard i know how to make movies and I wish I could be more specific, but it's like he knows how to make movies, mm-hmm. tell stories, and it's just a complete film. It works together. It fits on the timeline going mm-hmm. forward. It fits on the actors that they brought in, the young actors. The old, you got someone like Woody Harrelson, and you know he's he's just a really good actor. The he, female he, lead, though. I mean, everybody. Yeah, in this yeah. Film and they played the roles. Amelia, you mean uh, Amelia Clark? Her yeah. character, yeah, yeah. Kira. It's like Kira. they all came in, and it was just very professionally done, yeah. and it was just like bravo. I, I really couldn't think, and, and I was worried about a little about Lando too from trailers. I didn't know, but I was mm-hmm. just like, is he gonna be trying to be too much Lando? You know, and I was like, and no, he. There's times, and I'm curious mm-hmm. if they played with voices. Out of I was wondering well, the same because there are some times where it sounds where exactly like it's him, Billy Dee Williams. Yeah, and then there's other times where it doesn't. So did they? tweak that here and there which would be genius because you don't want to overdo it and make his whole voice always sound like Lando because then you're like that's annoying but if you did it just occasional times you're like wow there's a spark of Lando and I think that's even when I said the cadence of of, um, Han Solo in certain Mm -hmm. lines there are certain parts where you don't see Harrison Ford in the beginning Mm -hmm. and even in the middle in certain parts when he's doing certain lines of dialogue but then there's certain iconic lines that you could see Han Solo saying Mm -hmm. or did say because there's some you know Mm-hmm. Uh, repeats of those things and and those just they worked so they like specifically picked we're going to make at least some lines here sound exactly like they yeah. do mm-hmm. and that'll connect the story enough that you'll forgive the, all the times when they're not really on because they mm-hmm. can't be really them no. right. you know and you don't want a CGI version you don't want a voiceover version of it you want the real actors and, and I don't and I don't think I want somebody trying to completely mimic no. Harrison Ford because as a as a guy, his kind of sarcastic and type of tone and almost more like you know that type of thing yeah. is going to come with age. Right. The younger version shouldn't have that. He's right. going to be more energetic. And, and I think this one, you sort of even saw his response at the end, the way he, he declined to help. Right. Was not like a explanation of why I'm not going to help. It wasn't like a very mm-hmm. energy. It was just kind of like you know, like no, nah, just yeah, yeah. not yeah. doing it. And, yeah. Um, so it's just going back to that, like yeah, and, and the Ron Howard piece, I, I, I credit that as well to to the acting because I 
I'm definitely going to go and, and uh, there's a master class series, and I've done the Aaron Sorkin mm-hmm. ones, which was awesome. I saw Ron Howard had one. There's a Ron Howard one, yeah. and that movie, and just talking about that, makes me really curious, this movie, mm-hmm. that I think I'll, I'll fork over the money eventually and buy that Ron Howard one, just because mm-hmm. I want to see him work, and I want to see his explanation, because I think that's a genius with a wealth yeah. of knowledge. Uh, Clint Eastwood's always been, you know, but like, mm-hmm. the director has to get performances out of people, and, 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 and I always go... When the director was directing some of those other episodes, whoever it may be, how did you allow that performance to go? Whether it be some some lines mm-hmm. and scenes with um, with uh, uh, what's his name, Hayden um, Christensen. Aiden, yeah, Hayden mm-hmm. Christensen. I'm like, how did you just like not go? That's not going to work, uh, Hayden. We need you to do this sand. one again. Sand. We need, I need you to do it like this. It's I need you to do it like this. The this sand line, gets know. everywhere. And I could see Ron Howard being the guy where if it's not right, mm-hmm. here's what I need from you. Yeah, yeah. I could see I, that. I, you know what? And I'm. This is going to be really. This is going to be really funny coming as a reference coming from me, but I always read about. Uh, what are you trying s- to say? Is it going to be ha ha funny? Or I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I um, but, but I'll make a sports reference, and they always talk about you know which players can handle and which teams can handle being in the big game, or with race car drivers or motorcycle, you know they'll get to the Indianapolis 500 or mm-hmm. they'll get to the championship race and they'll just choke. Mm-hmm. Because they'll kind of lose, you know, they'll lose themselves in the moment when it's rea- when they reality just have to focus on no, this is this is just a football game. You know, or, or here, I'll make a movie mm-hmm. reference in Hoosiers when they get to the championship and he's sitting there measuring the basketball mm-hmm. court mm-hmm. and he says, "This is the same court, same you know, court mm-hmm. hometown, uh, yeah. you know, the only difference is in your mind." Mm-hmm. I'll pull in the Yoda pull here, yeah. and that's what it seems like with when you mentioned like Ron Howard and Isaac, it it. It's the big game. I mean, you're going for Han Solo. This was mm-hmm. one of the most beloved characters, and blah 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 blah. Except by Harrison Ford, he didn't like him so much. But um, that's the big game. And these guys showed up, and it wasn't like too big for them. It was like they just could relax and say, "No, we're gonna we're gonna make a big movie. We're not gonna try and overreach. We're not gonna try and do too much. We're not gonna get lost in <gasps> stay within ourselves. Make yeah. it for yeah. what it is. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. It's gonna be good. Yeah, it's a good story, and the performances yeah. need to match the story." Yeah. And let's not try to be bigger than we need to be, and let's not try to be, and yeah. definitely not accept things that are less. So I think that was probably the prof- like you said, a professional thing to it. Felt very professional. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't cringe on like I, I mean, even some of the no. the scene with where they're trying to do the train mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff. Sometimes things get too CGI and crazy, and it's mm-hmm. that was, like all that was pretty good. It was almost like yeah. old school train. Yeah, yeah. You know, things train, with like guys fighting heist. on a train type. Yeah, yeah. train heist, yeah. and it was just literally it didn't feel. Like these crazy when they jumped, he was like, "Oh, like like even yeah. that, you just just jumped down." He one, was like, "Oh, get one to the yeah. <laughs> and and it wasn't so so all of that felt again amazed at how many you know visual effects there are in movies today is amazing. And you look at that list when we talked about it as the credits were rolling, but I think it's a testament when you don't feel that mm-hmm. it's all special effects like mm-hmm. some of the Avenger mm-hmm. films and things like that. Like this felt like it could have been shot in reality. Even though it's not, I mean, they mm-hmm. use certain landscapes again. They did a little yeah. bit of Return of the Jedi. Or, sorry, uh, the last of the last Jedi. Yeah, where the, the the you know the beautiful ocean side mm-hmm. and, and cliffs and stuff. They're using, and I think that's such a genius thing to do. You don't have to create brand new you know worlds out there. You can do little twists on what already exists, and mm-hmm. I think it works, and it, it makes it feel more connected to the viewer because you can see it being real. It's not always just, but it's fantasy. But there's a real, there's a there's a connection there. So I want to go back to the Ron Howard thing for just a second because, and I've got a couple of questions related to that. Two things. Originally, this movie was not directed by Ron Howard. It was directed by. Um, Oh, now that I don't have my notes on my computer, I'm going to get their names wrong. Is it Phil Lord and Chris Miller? 
I might have backed, I might have mixed those two up. But Lord and Miller, everybody mm-hmm. refers to them by their last names. They did the Lego movie. They did some other stuff. They are more comedic directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lego movie was, was hilarious. It was funny. I went to go mm-hmm. see that with the kids in the theater. They were the original directors for this movie. And they, as the, as the movie went along, um, they were, there were some frustrations between Disney, between Kathleen Kennedy at Disney and Lucasfilm and the directors because they felt like it was, it was too much of a comedic tone. And they also felt that instead of following the script that had been written for this, mm-hmm. um, I think it was Lawrence and Jonathan Kasdan. I think Jonathan is Lawrence's son and Lawrence was the screenwriter for, I think, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, a whole bunch of other stuff that we've seen, mm-hmm. some of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, I guess the, the two directors originally were not following the script. They were just having the characters like riff off stuff, and they're like, hey, just improvise. Improvise. Like, do all kinds of crazy stuff. Do crazy stuff. And we'll just, we'll keep the camera rolling. And, you know, we'll just take, you know, just, we'll film hours and hours and hours of this, and we'll just take whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, Phil Lucas Lord and Christopher Miller. Oh, so it is Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then Disney kind of was like, they, they're like, okay, you got to stop that. Mm-hmm. You got to stop. That's not what we're looking for here. We wanted you to bring a comedic tone to a Han Solo movie. We don't. We don't want it to be an improvis- improvisational type thing. You know, it, it's still got to be a Star Wars movie, but we wanted a bit of your flavor brought to Star Wars. Yeah. We don't want it to be, you know, your movie with a bit of Star Wars flavor. Right. So there was that piece of it, and they ended up getting you know let go because of creative differences, and that's when they brought Ron Howard in. And the last I read was Ron Howard reshot 80% of the movie. Yeah. Uh, these guys had, had practically finished the film. I think they were maybe just a few days away from finishing filming the movie. And then they brought Ron Howard in and he reshot the majority of it. Yeah. So another criticism that I think people might have of this movie is also related to bringing in Ron Howard as the director. Some people were like, awesome. Ron Howard. Great director. This It's in safe hands now. Other people, the flip side of that, were like, ugh, Really? Ron Howard? Okay, well, I guess this is a safe movie now. People were kind of like split on that was these these offshoot films, these these, you know, the the kind of the, the one-offs, the Han Solo, the Rogue One, the, that kind of stuff. I think some people are looking at these and being like this is where Star Wars can start to experiment a little bit and have a bit of a different flavor to it than just the straight up, you know, regular Luke Skywalker yeah. Skywalker family story. And then other people were like, no, Ron Howard's good. Ron Howard's good. I mean, it's not rocking the boat too much. So I guess one of my questions related to all that is, do you feel like do you feel like this movie played it too safe by bringing in Ron Howard? Or do you feel like, or would you want to have seen someone else do this movie and maybe take some more risks? Because I'm thinking specifically of Last Jedi took a whole bunch of risks. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh my God. Uh, hashtag not my Star Wars. Yeah, I, that's not. No, Luke would never do that, and these characters would never do that. That's ridiculous. And then you swing over to this movie, which I think is, and I, I'm not saying this as a criticism. At least I'm not saying it as a criticism. Is I think this movie did play it very safe. Yeah, it was a Star Wars story. It had references to the Star Wars stuff that people know and love. Yeah, and I don't really think this movie <clears throat> took too many risks. Yeah. I- you know, so is that good or bad? I guess is my question. I think well, I'm gonna just to jump right in. Sorry, but I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's like here, here's another sports reference. They say they tell coaches, you know, start listening to the fans. Pretty soon you're gonna be sitting next to them. I mean, and that's kind of the thing. So you got all the people. Oh well, it should have done this. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, it should have done this. It should have done this. Why don't you kids just sit down and let the professionals work? 
But is bringing in Ron Howard listening to the fans? Is that too safe of a director if if they want to take Star Wars in Wait, new who, and new and creative director new and creative you're directions? You're saying is is that listening to the fans? If if the in? fans saying, "Whoa, hey, Last Jedi was too much for me," oh, is is that listening too much to fans to say, "Let's bring in somebody that is"? Well, is I don't a, know if they I don't know if they made that call to bring him in because mm-hmm. well, obviously they didn't because they had other guys starting the film. First. Right? They were going right. to go. Well, we're going comedic. We want to go like like a you said a riff based mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. kind of thing. So obviously, they but they did. could have brought in somebody else. Like they could have brought in anybody, any other director in the whole world, and they chose Ron Howard. And I'm not saying I agree. No, with that. Just, I'm just throwing this out here for argument. I think it comes down to if you wrote a good screenplay, and all of a sudden you see these guys directing, and it's, mm-hmm. it's you have creative differences because like this isn't what we wrote. This isn't mm-hmm. what we envisioned. This isn't what we thought. We have a pretty solid story here because we took a lot of time writing this. Mm-hmm. Because I think they started back when Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. writing this so. And it was Kaz and the Sun. Yep. And it's all that. So we got a good solid script here. I I think it's a little bit like uh, Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. um, where Matt Damon and them and, and Ben Affleck wrote this great script, and they they did not just give it and sell it to anybody. There were people offering money, and they want and they got what's his name to do it. Uh, Gus, um, I think it was, Van. Uh, oh, I have to look at the director. Um, yeah. It's Gus, Gus something. Um, Gus. Famous director. I'm totally drawing yeah. a blank on it. Van's but. Up. Is it? Band? I think it, it might be. Is that? I think it. I so they, they got yeah. the director that they wanted, yeah. Because yeah. this guy kept it the way they wanted it, and they mm-hmm. trusted him with it. And I think playing it safe, you know, you, you could experiment with the script, mm-hmm. but now once you get a good script and you like what's on there, I don't think it's the director should just start going crazy and do mm-hmm. whatever they want. Yeah. And I think Ron Howard came in and said, probably here, yeah, you got this great script, great story, mm-hmm. and I think you're messing with a very beloved character yeah. that you don't need to fix. That's a risk in what, and of itself. You don't need to fix right. what's bro- you know what's not broken yeah. here. Right. And and if they if we feel that we're capturing Han Solo's early years. In a good way that will pay tribute to the the films that you know came before, and at the same time tell it in a way that is alive and new for a new generation. And they think they got that balance. Why are you taking a? There's no need to take a risk. Mm-hmm. I think, and and I don't think playing it. I mean, I understand what you mean by playing it safe, but I think that's just going. No, there's a guy who knows how to tell tell stories, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what we need right here because there's a story on paper, and we need somebody to help get that story on film. Yeah, and Ron Howard, you, you're good. You can do this. He's done Apollo. Yeah, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you think of right. I'm thinking of another space film. Yeah, yeah, Apollo 13. Oh my I'm gosh, there's Apollo, another. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, you, you got there, there's character there and there's a story yeah. and and you have to. It's like that make Saturday Night Live both. skit with more cowbell. He's like, yeah, I'm Vic Dickinson and I put my pants Bruce on Dickinson. one like Bruce Dickinson <laughs> yeah. and I put my pants on one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. But once those pants are on, I make million dollar records, baby. <laughs> it's like this is Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. He puts his pants on one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. Once those pants are on, he makes great movies. So I mean. And I and I, I totally I agree with what Dennis was saying, and I, you know, I relate it to kind of like a story. I was the brass group I play in at our church. We were going to play the tune "Amazing Grace" mm-hmm. for this service, and we just played through "An Amazing Grace," beautiful song. We played through it, and then at the end there was some discussion. You, like you, just, you didn't start riffing something different in the middle of "Amazing well, Grace." Well, <laughs> so here's the thing. Because, you know, there's there would have been, it was in, in more of a jazz setting, so there would have been opening for improvisations mm-hmm. and, you know, but at the end, the, you know, the, the question came up and we were like, okay, are we good with this? And it was like, well, I don't know. It's just kind of, eh. Some of the people were saying, eh, we're just playing it. We're not doing anything special. Mm-hmm. We're not. And then, you know, I just said, hey, guys, it's amazing grace. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful melody. It's, it's a powerful melody. What are we going to do to bring to it that isn't just going to kind of be like, well, they're putting stuff on there, mm-hmm. and it's just like too 
much, mm-hmm. right? We gotta, we gotta we, just, just play the melody. It's a beautiful. So and like, just so. I was, to bring I, was it say, back. I was gonna say national anthem. <laughs> right, national anthem. National anthem. You get up there. What's yeah. like? What everybody? Right. Whitney Houston did like when one best ever, and yeah. she did it as true to whatever. And then when you go up there and you hear yeah. somebody just sing it the way it's supposed to be, and that mm-hmm. go crazy well, like and all the, this mm-hmm. stuff, it's like, like the guy you're the, being adventurous there, right. but right. don't because the national right. anthem. It the Chicago Blackhawks guy. Mm-hmm. Wayne Mus and Wayne Musbury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's why. So there's another example, and then bring it back yeah. to this, like like Dennis was saying, just Han Solo. I mean, people mm-hmm. love this character. Just mm-hmm. make a good movie. Trust the script. Yeah. Trust, Trust the, script. the script. Yeah. Let the let the let the story let the script do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. You don't. I mean, you know, to try and put something crazy like a what would you put in like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What else could you? I mean, really, more of a, an you know, I mean, I, you knew you had to talk about the castle run. You knew you mm-hmm. had to. I mean, there, you had to get Chewbacca in there. Mm-hmm. You had to figure out how that friend. I think that was a good way of doing it. Yeah, it remind me a little of the Rancor first. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, okay, it came. Feed out. him to the beast, and it made him look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah. it's poor Chewbacca. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. yeah, like scraggly. Oh, and, well, and I thought uh, that was kind of funny. Han actually trying to speak Wookiee. Yeah, yeah, with the subtitles. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. But, well, and that was the interesting thing too, because the minute this happened, I jumped in my. I, the minute I heard like the beast, I honestly thought Chewbacca. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really did. Right. Like yeah. I thought that for whatever reason, I'm mm-hmm. going it's going to be Chewbacca. Yeah. Especially the way they showed the, pro, the the kind of the POV coming out. And yeah. Kind of big, and I'm going that's totally Chewbacca. Well, and you could even hear in the background yeah. there was some of the like the roaring or the growling yeah. sounded like the rancor. You could yes. tell that they were trying to they echoed Make to it, made it, it yeah. made you think yeah. of it. Yeah, but then. <laughs> And then the, then the dilemma there is, okay, how in this short period of time does he win over this friendship with him? Yeah. And it's great. It's a gen- and that's genius writing. Yeah. Chewbacca is also a captive. He's captive. Right. Okay, so he has a way that he wants to get out, and he's going to be open and willing, and they just become buddies right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as they're running in opposite directions, I mean, he's getting dragged. And oh, yeah, against. yeah. That was so, great. I mean, it wasn't like he was like, oh, we, we're friends now. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was just enough to go... We need to get out. It was a realization. Mm-hmm. If we're both stuck and we both need to get out of this, yeah. that's their motivation. They weren't motivated by being friends. Yeah. They're motivated by they're both their ticket out of there. Yeah. And then eventually that slowly develops. And I think yeah. they did a nice job of it slowly developing and Which showering is, together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was uh, you know uh, one of our one of our teacher friends was with us seeing the movie, yeah. and she said um, she said that one of our other teacher friends says that her dog does that all the time. Yeah. That like she'll jump in and take a shower, and all of a sudden her dog comes in the shower yeah. too. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, and yeah. good, good, there we good, go. good physical comedy with mm-hmm. you know them getting pulled and suddenly Han getting yanked, yanked all the way and like yeah. smacked up against the yeah. thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know he's going to win that. So and I that mean, was all that. That that's just what do you got to go crazy right. for? And that was that's different. Nice to, to that see. was different enough too from like the original story that they've had for years and years and years was that Han Solo became a member of the Imperial Navy. Yeah, um, kind of like he does in this, in movie, this movie, but they don't really show it so much that he became a, a member of the Imperial Navy. And I think one of the original stories that's been retold a few different ways over the years was that he was, I, I don't know if he was on a ship or if he was on a planet and Wookiee slaves were being forced to do manual labor. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys started beating, you know, it's almost like the story of Moses in the Bible. Mm-hmm. One of the guys starts beating on one of these Wookiees and Han comes over and starts beating on the Imperial guy instead. And somehow they manage to escape and, and Chewbacca goes with him and says, hey, I, our, my culture has a life debt. You've now rescued me, so I yeah. now will spend my life you know, making yeah. sure that you are safe and that you are fine and I will honor my debt to you that way because you saved my life. That was kind of the original story that was told. And I I was going to this movie, I was like, I wonder if they're gonna I wonder if they're just gonna play it safe and do exactly what they've always said was the way that they met, the way they did all that. And I was totally fine not having that. Like yeah. as a as a Star Wars fan who's known that story for years and years and right. years, I was totally fine going into this movie and be like, Nope. Yeah. Similar, 
but that's not quite how it works. Well, and again, you got to think this. of like Good how you have you yeah. have let's say two hours. I don't know how long it was actually. Right. Was it two hours? I don't know. Um, but it, it felt fast. Yeah. It felt good. So that's a good yeah. sign that you didn't go like mm, where's the looking at your yeah. watch. Right. So you have to cut. You're trying to cover a lot of these stories and little backstories and, and try to introduce characters and how these things sort of connect going forward. How does he become the the good guy slash selfish? jaded type of guy and, and that's the love interest and all and everything then makes sense and as I, as I again you know when you are interested in making films and you, you start looking at scripts I'm always going what would I have done different that's why I like movies like The Sixth Sense mm-hmm. it's like it's like the holy bible for me of just like you got me like I can't make that any better there's nothing I could have done there's nothing I could have said done changing that script you it worked mm-hmm. And when you have movies like that that are close to that, this is one that I'm walking out going, where's the hole? I don't see any holes. Everything makes sense. And when I'm talking about character motivation, like, because I'm thinking big criticism with the other ones was Finn. Finn was a stormtrooper mm-hmm. and all of a sudden has a change of heart. And it just doesn't, people don't always buy that. It's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden he just saw a friend get killed, but you don't know how close that friend was. Yeah. So right. why did that make such a big impact on him that he then turns to the good side and all of a sudden he's a great guy? With this, Han Solo didn't join that group because number one, they weren't apparently so evil yet. It seemed right. like to everybody, they weren't great, but they weren't. You know, he, to right. him, they were just. A, they're a vehicle for him getting back to his girl. That was yeah. it. I'm just joining that so I can learn yeah. how to you know do the the mm-hmm. ship stuff and get my own ship and come back here. So he's at every moment he's actually jumping ship, mm-hmm. and there's no loyalty to the Empire that you have to explain away. His loyalty is to the girl. Mm-hmm. And that's why ultimately when it comes back and it's the girl who betrays him, that's why you now have this jaded good guy who's mm-hmm. going to be looking out for number one. You know, and he's just got his buddy, you know, Chewbacca here. So yeah. you can, you know, and, and Chewbacca makes sense of why Chewbacca stays with him. Because mm-hmm. Chewbacca, I mean, this connection of saving his life is always right. there. So, and he saved his life twice, right. a couple yeah. times. So mm-hmm. the whole thing of that, all of it starts to really fit with the modern character of the, the Han Solo yeah. that we all grew up with and knew. And and you can't look for There's no holes that I could say, well, that doesn't make sense of what Han, you know, with the whole Luke thing mm-hmm. where Luke went. There's none of that. You have, all, it all makes sense of what his motivation was mm-hmm. and why he was doing this. It was the girl. And then he goes there. And then it's the whole thing that you, I mean, all that makes sense all the way throughout the whole thing. And I, I, at some point I'm just kind of like, man, why didn't why didn't why didn't DC just hire Ron Howard to make their movies? I mean, I mean you know, he's good man. It's, 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 I've it's always like, said he's good. And mm-hmm. I and I might be I might be I want to think about this before I say it, but it's like it's almost I, I'm just gonna go back to the, the professional reference. And I mean, I know these other guys that make these movies are really good, but it just seems mm-hmm. like we're always talking like, well, they're coming out with this. I'm really nervous about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming out with this. I'm um, really don't how they're gonna do. And then it's like, so that's kind of the the, the mm-hmm. opposite of that safe comment. It's just like, oh shoot, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're sending in the wolf. Okay, be cool, Ju- right. Jules. We're sending in the wolf. Okay, you know, I mean, it's it's it, nine minutes and fifty four seconds later. Yeah, um, splash cocoon. I'm just yeah. I'm just giving them credit. Well, Willow, Parenthood, and I, and I think one of the things away. to lean into the DC comment for just a second. At least when I think about their movies and the movies of theirs that either I really liked or the ones that I think did well are the ones that are more based on character. Yes. Like when you're fleshing out that character. So I, to me, Man of Steel. I know a lot of people, Wonder Woman is their favorite, but Man of Steel is always going to be my favorite until they do something different. Man of Steel is going to be my favorite because to me that fleshes out the character of Superman. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, awesome movie. Fleshes out the character of Wonder Woman. Um when you start to get into like Batman versus Superman, to me that's that's more of a movie about a dilemma and not a character. Mm-hmm. Um, which 
sometimes it's fine, but I just, it seems to me that's when they are more successful. This movie, I think, is about a character. It's mm-hmm. about Han Solo. I mean, it's called Solo, so it's about Han Solo. And it's about his struggle, like you said, to try to get back to the girl and then to try to figure this situation out. Like, he's gotten mm-hmm. himself into this bind and he's got to get this situation figured out. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you guys, what about the villain? So this oh, uh, Dryden, Dryden oh, Boss, I think was his name. Yeah. And it was Paul Bettany yeah. that played yeah. him. So... And it was good. Good, good as a Star Wars villain? Yeah, and what I thought was... was, was a nice touch that they didn't make him all some weird crazy guy. He, mm-hmm. We don't know what the thing on his face is. We don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Is he a different? There's nothing explained yeah. about that. But he's got obviously some obviously some facial disfiguration mm-hmm. type of thing or markings, and it and it just lends enough of a okay. It it distinguishes him as just another guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To something that's a little bit different, and 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 he's, I mean, it's scary enough and evil in, in the sense of. Not all powerful, and that's why I think the ending also mm-hmm. then really works really well because it's not like right. they all overcame some phenomenal guy with Jedi powers and stuff. Right. He's a human being, and he's just got a big army behind him, and he yeah. screws up. and And I, I think that's the other thing in this movie too is very smart with the script of like little little twists and stuff at the end of what's yeah. happening. Oh, totally. I thought you had this. Mm-hmm. I thought you. Uh, I, yeah. All the words come back into play. That's mm-hmm. a genius script when all of a sudden. it's... Remember what I told you, you know, don't trust anybody. And that's, well, that's what, what I told you, people are predictable. Right. Like, like the, that's well, good that's, script writing. Because I'm looking at that and I'm going... And you have to pay attention. Yeah, like, you are, the, you are the guy that wrote the script for Last Crusade, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I told you, Dr. Jones, don't trust anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's, it's just, that's just well done. Yeah. And, I thought the and that's, why I don't, that's why people don't walk out of the theater. Go to the bathroom mm-hmm. before, get your popcorn before. Mm-hmm. Because I always say you miss if you're out when they say those lines earlier, then those mm-hmm. lines don't have the same impact later, and they're mm-hmm. there for a reason. Give the script your whole. And whoever the heck was sitting in our aisle? Where people just getting like, out left and right? <laughs> like, and I'm like, I was, going, you're and gonna... I thought, I thought, oh my gosh, it's the end of the year, and I'm uh-huh. just being crabby because oh, I was no, getting angry. I, yeah, I was, and it was just like, what, uh, like folks, it's a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Sit down. Yeah, I know. Sit down. And I, mean, I, I felt like I was in class. I perfectly timed everything. No, so where I'd get my popcorn, get my drink, and I'd walk in there. Five minutes before the movie starts, I didn't yeah. care about previews or anything. I just wanted to walk in and see the movie, yeah. and and I because sometimes you get in there and there's twenty minutes of previews. The next thing you know, a half hour later, you got to take a leak. Right. So yeah. I'm like, I didn't want that happening. So I just was like, no, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. Yep. Bathroom, boom, popcorn, yep. boom, and I went right in and sat down and it worked. Because because again, you know, I think that when you write a script that's good like that, you want you, you can't miss those. Yeah. If you miss that, it doesn't mean anything. Those lines that they just said, don't trust any. You didn't hear if you didn't hear it early on in the movie. It doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't yeah. have the more you know. Yeah, I. So let, actually, I want to go into that real quick too, and maybe that ties into what you're about to say. But one of them left during the Chewbacca scene. I know. Oh, I, know. I was I'm sitting there. Like, Chewbacca <laughs> shows up, and you're walking out. I don't care if you got right. A, I don't, don't care I if don't you got diarrhea. What, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, and it was you, like several different families. And I thought, is uh-huh. everybody sitting in a row? Like yeah. you know like, who that was, is. Like yeah. you, you could. <laughs> I know. I was just like, I don't know. I, I don't almost. Know. They, I didn't even know them. I wanted to be like, get back. Like it's Chewbacca. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. Like no. Sit like down. at least stay Sit here. Like, that was my my dad did that one of the last times I ever remember. But it wasn't at a movie. It was at a Bulls game. One of the only times I ever remember going to see a Bulls game. Yeah. We saw, it was right after Michael Jordan came back, so he had the number 45. He, I think he was only playing for a few minutes in that game. But we took my grandfather, and we all went to go see this Bulls game. And we were sitting in the row where every single person kept getting up, going to get stuff, coming back, getting concessions, coming back. And I remember it got to a point, I think we were in the third quarter, and these pe- same people got up again. And my dad just was like, are you kidding me? Sit down. 
That's so funny because I that's so funny because I thought of that at one point. Like I, I do these things in like you know various mm-hmm. events, faculty meetings, everything yeah. else. Where in my head I say something. Yeah. Like I go through and I go, what would be the response of everybody if I just <laughs> said this? Like I'm like literally, I literally play through the reaction. Would I lose my job? Would people laugh? Would people be totally shocked? And I'm sort of styrofoam cup like, If I say, oh, that's yeah, that's an easy one. But I'm saying like there's other things where you just thought if you just got up and and I'm thinking as these people start doing this, at one point mm-hmm. I was just gonna go. You know, because you have to move my seat in because I've got long yeah. legs and it goes all the way in. So I have to move. And I was just going to be like, no, sit down. That's literally what I thought in my head as the no. person was walking up. I, they're walking. Oh, I can see them out of the corner of my eye. They're coming out of the corner of my eye and I see it there. And in my head, mm-hmm. I go, what would they do if I just said, no, mm-hmm. you sit back down? Like, and, I, and, I, and I, in my head, I said it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just smiling to myself as I put my feet back going, uh-huh. God, that would have been so nice to say. Oh, like, and I would have been like, no, just it's politely, not mean, uh-huh. but just like, no, just. Sit, sit down, down. or go just, the other way for once. Yeah, just go that, the other direction. That's a great. Yeah, you've come to the same, the Jen same said. person. Jen came through like four Jen's, times. Jen's like, go that way. Coming this way. Yeah, go that way. She was getting the yeah. four of us. Man. Yeah, it was like I, I just want to pull the Agent Smith from Matrix uh, Reloaded. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this way is blocked. Just be standing there. I'm sorry, this way is blocked. It looks. I'm sorry. To tie it back to this movie, it looks like an Imperial blockade. You're gonna have to go around. Now I get it. If you got like a six year old or a seven year old and they gotta go to the bathroom and it's like that bad i i get okay maybe you gotta do how long have you been shaking your leg and jumping up and down exactly so well, if you have right. shaking your leg and jumping nope. down my, 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 my dad my dad used to go. always say everybody you go to the bathroom now before the movie and we'd be like i gotta go to the bathroom get in the bathroom and go to the empty, bathroom you got an empty cup use it yeah well, hey. but our parent my dad i remember yeah. him saying that like he would he would say stuff go like, now like, we're not go leaving. to the now you guys mm-hmm. go to the bathroom before the movie go to the bathroom now push it through whatever you got whatever you got make sure it's empty because then you should last two hours it shouldn't fill up in two hours so yeah. and and he'd be like, oh, there was something. <laughs> so, but you made it through movies, man. You made it. I hey, uh-huh. when, when we take the when we take the, the band and we're going to like the you know like the a, festival it's with like a car trip. Mm-hmm. That's what right. I tell them. I say, car trip. I'm, do I'm, the body steps yeah. We're going in the car. We're driving for like five hours. Oh yeah, no, we have go official. now. I don't gotta get in the go now. We have official. The half have, hour later stuff. We have OBSs, official bathroom stops. Yeah, we don't stop unless there's some emergency. <laughs> When it's an OBS time, then we stop, and you can stop and make your bathroom stop. But otherwise, no, we are on the road. And we are staying on the road. <laughs> so turning yellow in the backseat. <laughs> Dad. Um, so I don't know how we got into. We're just getting about stops, people missing no, I know, things I know. and walking out. And so, but we had been we had been kind of talking. And we dancing around the idea of like quotes. And things that like were said during this movie. So, would you? Oh, you know. No, I was going to say. Gotta I want, no, I, I'm not going to pull, but I want to. Okay. Yeah. There, there was so a, there were there were several different things in this movie that you know either tied back into other famous Han Solo quotes or yeah. or were just some great quotes in general in this movie. So, um, were there any in particular that that you can just think of right now? And I know we just saw it a couple hours ago, but yeah. any off the top of your head. I do know one of my favorites. I will say right now is when um, when they've gotten to the planet and uh, Han and Lando are standing there, and, and Han like I think he like puts his arm around yeah. Lando, and he's like, "It's a great ship, it's a great ship." And Lando, and Lando goes, "I hate you," and Han goes, "I know." Yeah. Yes, I'm like, yes, yes, that's awesome. Yes. And then after he says, "Ever," like right. he's, he's, I don't want to see you ever again. Never, never, never. Oh man. Um, and then he says, then he says something at the very end. When he, I've, we've already said spoilers, but we've already been talking about the movie. But when he says at the very end that uh, he's like, "Yep, fair and square, fair and square." Yep. And then I'm thinking right. back to the, <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. back to the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I hey, 
I wanted you one of that from you fair and square. Yeah, and yeah. see, they yeah. did lots in that song. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the and it was on the tra- I did see it once on the trailer, but it, it still I think it was delivered well. It was mm-hmm. the part where he's like, you know. There's, there's a snap of my fingers. There's all these guys coming out, and it just takes yeah. off. And then he just kind of quietly walks back. He's like, oh, you, go, do, do your thing. Yeah, do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Perfect. Uh-huh. Good delivery on that. Like, it, was, uh-huh. it wasn't like, go do your thing. It was right. the way it did. It was, well, it was like what you would in real life. Right. He kind of yeah. whispers it a little bit. He's like, and it ties in perfectly from young Han Solo to the older one. It ties in perfectly to you see, Ewok slightly Forest. older Han Solo in the other three. There's a lot of Ewok Forest. But then also ties totally into Han Solo in Force Awakens. Where like they catch him on that freighter, and he's like, "I never borrowed money from that group." And then all of a sudden, well, you better better tell that to Kanja Club, and they come walking in, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, good to see you. <laughs> I I don't have your money with me right now, but it's the yeah. same like Han Solo running the con." Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like that young, like when, middle aged, old. But yeah. then it's like there's when that. Please talk about serpentine. You know, mm-hmm. you never stop at the red light. You always just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. Han just keeps the story going. Oh, mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you because I got that explanation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me explain it now. I don't, I don't have the ship with me right here. but <laughs> Oh, well, and I think, I, you know, and it's like, I, I, I'm not even going to say it's the, um, the emotional part of it. But, like, I was thinking there's, like, actually, like, some deeper, where I, I took it. Again, I don't know why I was taking it this way, but... but there's a talk of him being the good guy, and she's like, "You're the good, you're the good mm-hmm. guy," and he's like, "I'm not the good guy," and that's like so like the the new hand the new Han Solo or the the one that we know like mm-hmm. all those. There's always that thing where he did the right thing, even though he sort of made it seem like he didn't want mm-hmm. to. He was really the good guy, and then about the trust thing, I think it was almost sad because. I'm not, in, about it, I'm not trust, in it. For I thought about I'm not in son. it for your revolution, princess. Well, I thought about this. I thought about like in the end, he ends up trusting. Like yeah. he wants to trust people. Everybody and he will trust betray- everybody, everybody. Everybody will betray you eventually. Is and then yeah. his own son be- right. kills him. You know, and it's like I just thought like that connection of like he was still that character mm-hmm. back then here on that bridge, and he got killed by his own son mm-hmm. by trusting that he would do. Yeah. The, you know, I, I thought thought it was you know pretty good. Okay, good writing. I did like now I. And I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I knew you guys wouldn't want to hear it either. But I didn't talk about any of like my predictions of what I thought was going to happen in this movie. But I totally thought, and I think I told you right after the movie too, I totally thought that something was going to happen to that droid so that it would have oh. to become part of the Falcon. Yeah. Just in seeing in the, in the trailers okay. and other stuff, I'm like, okay, so this is Lando's co-pilot. This is the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon that seems to know how to fly it really well. Yeah. And I, the first time I saw that in the trailer, I'm sitting there thinking... That's the line that C three PO says in Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it and it happened. What is he, well, because in, in Empire Strikes Back, when they're trying to fix the hyperdrive, C three PO says, "Captain Solo, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar dialect. Oh, I believe yeah. it says that the and and yeah. so then you kind of get the idea that the, that the Millennium Falcon has a feisty yes, sense of humor so or cool. or kind of like a personality. Yeah. And so in this one, when you have the feisty droid that yeah. ultimately has to get plugged in, and and they, and they say she's part of the Falcon now, yeah. I'm like. There it is. There it yeah. is. There's the peculiar, has the most peculiar dialogue. I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but... And even the side yeah. character, I totally forgot his name, the one who gets, who gets killed. It's like, you ca- like, I cared. Like, yeah. I'm like, dude... Which, no, oh, the, the little guy? Don't the, die. Like, I the thought little, maybe he gets injured, guy, but or? I knew he was going to die, because yeah. then, you know, like, you kind of knew that, like, mm-hmm. at some point, like, on the song, well, he gets away, but... Well, and they that out, too. I mean... I don't. I don't want to be every character that but died. it wasn't like zapped down. He was just like, "I'm fine," and then he starts crashing. Are you okay? I'm good. I just need to get my wind. Mm-hmm. I just need to get my. Maybe just shut my eyes. I just need mm-hmm. to rest a little bit. And it was just like, "Oh, he's dying." He's it's gone. not like <laughs> dead. It's not like mm-hmm. there's only one 
small, and I'm talking small because I was thinking about this too as I was going through the, oh, would I change anything in the script? The only thing that I, I and again, just maybe the way I would have done it, and, and, and the way they did it was not bad, so I'm already saying it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It was the group of the original uh, Woody Harrelson crew, the, the lady. Yeah. And she's on that thing, and she sacrificed herself. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's a great ride. Thank you. And she just, uh, like, I don't mind if she delivers that line, but I didn't want her to just, it's a great ride, and, and let her, because she was too feisty mm-hmm. and too salty to, to, to just, mm-hmm. I'm going to martyr myself right now for the cause type of thing, because mm-hmm. it wasn't a cause. They're stealing stuff. I would have liked to, if I were to film that, I would have had her try to detonate it and get away at the same time, and it's fine if you get killed see, in that I, process. But I, I didn't want I didn't to just her. let it be a self-suicide type of, I'm just going to do this, blow well, it up. She took some guys I, with her. Well, she took some people yeah. with her, but I would have liked to seen her try to somehow, try to maybe pull, and get killed in the process. But okay. see, I didn't, so I, didn't see her, I didn't see her as martyring herself for the cause. I saw her martyring, martyring herself for Woody Harrison's character. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could yes, kind of tell they had a thing going on. They had a on, thing right? going. Yeah. And that's my point of, like, I would have liked to maybe still seen her. I think she was a fighter. Yeah, and yeah. I would have liked. And fighters figure out that there's always a way. Right. And I would have liked to have her try to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And it didn't work. Yeah. Like I, that's how I would have wrote that in mm-hmm. myself. Just, but I, but it was good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. It wasn't overly cheesy or anything. But it was the only moment where I go like, oh, dude, because I'm going. You can't, you can't just, you can't just no. Don't yeah. I understand you got to blow up the bridge. Blow up the bridge. Yeah. But try to see if you could somehow escape that as well. Like, mm-hmm. right. To make a run for it and boom and whatever. Yeah. Don't just look. Sit there and I'm going to blow myself up. Okay. One of the other lines that I really liked was the whole thing about the Kessel Run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously they're like, and they make the comments. I mean, we all know. If you know Han Solo, you know all the, and he had like in Force yeah. Awakens, he makes the comment. He's like, didn't he make the Kessel Run in, in 14 parsecs? Yeah. 12. Yes. Round 12. Round. Well, so, so then in this one, you, you kind of build up to that. You know, they're at Kessel. And like, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're like, we're going to see it. We're going to yeah. see it. And then you know the Kessel Run is the you know it's it's the path that you have to take the safe path that you can take to get through that whole thing, and you know I think Lando makes the comment at one point he's like yeah I you know the the path that we take through this it's twenty parsecs like that's how long the Kessel Run is it's twenty parsecs mm-hmm. so you can only do this in twenty parsecs otherwise you go into the other part you're gonna die well they go through it all they you know they they have that whole scene where they're flying through the the unsafe part of it all and. Uh, and then when they they zip out of it, and then you get out the other side, and you have him, he makes the comment about, uh, he's like, yeah, we uh, we did it in 12 parsecs. And then Chewbacca says something. He's like, well, when, well, yeah, but when you round it down. You just hear Chewbacca say something. Yeah. You don't know what he says. Right. That's great because then the comments, well, you round down. Yeah, like, but, you round, round but down. when you round down, yeah. <laughs> which which then to me is funny because then he takes that even further because at this point he's saying, he's saying, yeah, I, hey, and he makes a comment to one of the, like the native people on that planet. Yeah. He's like, hey. I just did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Yeah. And then Chewbacca makes the comment. He's like, well, I'm rounding down. Then when you get to the original Star Wars, he's like, who made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs? Because like, it's like the fish story. It's either, mm-hmm. As the, bigger, as the fish keeps getting yeah, bigger, the funny. parsecs keep yeah. getting lower and lower that he made the Kessel Run. So. And then the, the, the Lando, the part where they, they put the, the stuff in there and... And all of a sudden, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It kind of like kind of like the old one where they're like, when the Falcon died, they drive and they get away. <laughs> Whereas like, oh crap, you know, like uh-huh. how do we yeah. fix this? But like, when Lando does that, doesn't he? It wasn't it. Oh shh. Yeah, he goes oh shh, and then it then it stops. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Boom. yeah. <laughs> which is good because I'm like he didn't swear, but it, yeah, but he did, but he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like such a great reaction. It's mm-hmm. like oh, because that's what you would be saying. Uh-huh. So to me, it's realistic. And yeah. It was, yeah. 
So again, I, I yeah, I'm just I, I thought it's it's one of my favorites. Like I, I I haven't gone and seen a lot of them. I know you go and see them mm-hmm. over and over again, and a lot of ones I'll do and I'll see twice. Like if I see it first and then I see it with the kids, and I'm like I'll definitely make the effort to see this one with the kids again. Mm-hmm. I was thinking. Uh, some of the other ones I'll be like I'll just pay for you guys to go Yeah, you know, I don't need to see it again you know or something but I'm like I would definitely go see this one mm-hmm. again I would look for all those little lines and yeah well and, and that you bring that up there were a couple little things that got like references that got dropped in this one that yeah. if, if you if you were a Star Wars fan that's like read Star Wars and watched Star Wars and all this different played the video games and there were little references that were dropped here and there the mud planet that they were on when Han was in mm-hmm. the infantry fighting in the in the yeah. battle um that was, I, I believe, that planet's called Mimbin. Like I, I think I read in a in a one of the articles somewhere that that's supposed to be called Mimbin. There was a novel that was written by Alan Dean Foster, who did the I think he did the screenplay for Alien, okay, or did the novelization for Alien, maybe. Um, when the original Star Wars came out in '77, George Lucas had Alan Dean Foster write a not had him write a screenplay for a sequel to the '77 Star Wars. And it became a book that was called Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And that was the only other Star Wars book for many, many years that was not tied to one of the movies. And it was this weird little story about Luke and Leia get stranded on this mud planet, like Mm -hmm. this swampy planet. And they are trying to find this crystal that allows you to magnify your force abilities. And so Darth Vader shows up too, and he's after the crystal because he wants to... have it so that he can be all powerful too. And, and there's a lot of stuff in that book that never shows up again in any other star Wars movie, but the book was written in 1978. So it came out before empire strikes back. They, they actually looked at it and they're like, should we do this one as the next sequel or should we do something different? And they're like, George Lucas changed his mind. He's like, no, let's take that another direction. Cause in this book, you actually have a little bit of a, like a, a little bit of a romance blossoming between Luke and Leia. Yeah. Before they decided before they to make a brother that. and sister, and yeah. so that was the name of the planet in that book. So I thought that was kind of cool to have that show up yeah. and be the the mud planet. And then they dropped a couple of other references. The scene where Kira is in the negotiating room mm-hmm. with that other guy, and she just drops him, and the droid is like, "Whoa, where did you learn how to do that?" And she says, "Ah, uh, Terras Kasi, <laughs> uh, Dryden trained me." And I'm like. That's the video game. There was, yeah. I think it was the old PlayStation. It was like a Star Wars fighting game. Like a, it was supposed to be like a Mortal Kombat, but with Star Wars. And it was called Masters of Terras Kasi. Mm-hmm. And it was the, like there were fighting techniques that Jedi had learned to, you know, kick and hit and do all this other crazy karate type stuff. And um, so I thought that was kind of cool that that was in there. Um, you probably you probably caught when he was well no you you said you might have missed that part a little bit at, yeah, the, at the beginning, beginning where he's signing up to be a part of the imperial navy yeah and he's watching the display that's on the screen and it's like join the imperial navy it's like a little recruitment video yeah. and they're playing the imperial march but instead of the imperial march sounding evil it's like it's a different key it's, it so like it's like, a nice, up, yeah, it's like upbeat like, and yeah, triumphant yeah. and it's like it's not so much the dun, and that's dun, why i said they didn't see evil dun, so that's dun, why it would also explain mm-hmm. for a guy to it was go, more oh, it's like, like recruiting like i'll join yeah, the army it was more of like it. a Dun 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 dun, and it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but it was it was kind of cool to hear it that way too. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I mean, there were, yeah. Good. No, I was just say two things to the um, near on the music. I think the scene with where you first reveal and you see that nice overshot of the Millennium Falcon and the music. And I know I joke with Pat and I like you know handed him you know the tissue, but yeah. it was like, <laughs> it was. Uh, the reason that I handed it to because because I, I thought I think I because I think it, it hit me for a second uh-huh. like I think the music that they played and the way they shot that mm-hmm. first reveal of the Millennium Falcon was absolutely awesome. The music yeah. was not over. It was it was a, almost a 
just had a sentimental quality yeah. to that mm -hmm. that was just really cool. It was like I, that scene was just a beautiful. I, I could just say it was just a beautiful scene, yeah. and I'm not like as crazy Millennium Falcon as Pat is, but it just was nice that here's the ship. Yeah. And it's your first overview, and it's beautiful, and it's in great shape till he gets it right. and destroys it. And it was just like as you're as you're panning over, it reminded me a little bit the way they used to do that with the uh, Star Trek Enterprise, mm -hmm. where you get yeah. that like sort of, and you just kind of float over it in space, mm -hmm. and you see the you know the. And when they did that with, um, there was it reminded me a little of the Star Trek when uh, I think it was after Wrath of Khan, where mm -hmm. they got they saw the ship. And they came, and they yeah. somebody had rebuilt it all for you know, like, in, uh, and, and it was at the end of it, wasn't Voyage it? Or was it the one with the, the that was Voyage Home? Voyage, Voyage Home, yes, Voyage yeah. Home, and, and all of a sudden they're all just looking. It's like it sort of had yeah. that quality yeah. to it. So it was yeah. really a nice reveal. Yeah. Um, the well, other, with, and, and music wise, that that fits with like little references too, because we were talking at the end of the movie. It was like, yeah. you know, when you're listening to it, and they're going through the going through the uh, the Kessel Run. You're getting little hints of the asteroid field music, music. from yeah. Empire Strikes yeah. Back, and you just had like little, little tiny, flavors little of it. It wasn't here yeah, and there of John Williams. It, it wasn't John Williams' music. It was I think his name was John Powell. Yeah, it was so. different instruments name, but, to play yeah. the themes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I you would know. It sounded like was there was there some sort of horn or trumpet like instead of I, like I thought I I don't know. There was a spot there. I was thinking I forgot what it was, and it felt like it was played differently. And it was the same sort of theme, but it sounded different. They it sounded used different new. instruments and yeah, stuff. Different instruments yeah, different instruments to do some of the stuff. And I'd have to listen to Which them. worked. Because, yeah. again, mm -hmm. people are always like, oh, we got to come up with a new theme. And, and they can, but there was no new character there that necessarily right. revealed or needed a, a theme. Like Darth yeah. Vader needed right. a theme. And the Imperial, you know... So for me, I felt really good that they were, the way they balanced it all. Yeah. So I think the music was... was yeah. And then sometimes on. it was little quotes. And uh -huh. then sometimes it was like the Astro Field, they take out like a section and they just play the John Williams, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. thing. Hey, um, jumping off the music thing for a second, have you guys heard the thing about how parsecs are a measure of distance, not time? Yeah. And yeah. so like saying that oh, I made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs is saying, mm -hmm. hey, I just ran that marathon in two miles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't quite make sense mm -hmm. because it's, a, is that like a thing or is that just I guess like, well, that's what, he took the shortcuts. So, right. But then, so the, the, the astronomer, like um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, okay. like he's, he's a very intelligent man, right. but he's also kind of known as being a bit persnickety when it comes to movies using science. Mm -hmm. I think he might've been the one that contacted James Cameron and said, Hey, look, I, on the Titanic movie, your stars are all wrong. Okay. I noticed your stars are in the wrong place. And like yeah. they apparently James guy. Cameron went through and fixed it. Okay. And said, Hey, thanks for letting us know that I want this to be as accurate yeah. as possible. Let's do it. All right. Um, but he's done that before too, where he'll be like, Well, you know, actually and, and he's a funny guy. He's a really funny yeah, guy yeah, and yeah. he's he's a really likable person. Yeah. Okay. But there are sometimes I wish he'd just shut up. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes he'll take that and he'll be like, Well, you know, and he has a video where he talks about that on YouTube and he's like, Well, you know, um, actually parsecs are this and I, I'm like, you know what? Okay, first of all, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Second of all second of all, that whole area is they had the gravity well thing, but it's meant to be kind of like a collection of black holes. Okay. And I was like, well, you know, black holes kind of bend the rules of space and time, so I don't know that I have a problem thinking that if you do the Kessel run in less than this many parsecs, maybe somehow you've bent time a little bit by okay. taking a shortcut or Got it. but I think the idea that they were getting across in the movie was the Kessel run is not so much a contest to see who can make it in the shortest amount of time. I think the Kessel run is that lighted path that everybody could follow to get safely through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do it in less than the 20 parsecs it would normally take yeah. to do it, 
that means you got off the path and you somehow Figured made it through. Through the short like path. nobody else is going to do it. Like, got are you kidding? I'm not, I'm not going through there. Yeah. 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 So um, I think to say right. you've made the Kessel yeah. run in less than 12 parsecs is to say that, you yeah. know, we took a shortcut Yeah. And we got through. And so you've, yeah, I've just, yeah. I've heard people say that and I've never mm-hmm. researched it myself. Or, yeah. Yeah. And, and one last thing is I, again, you will jump into a different thing. They, the, um, what's, uh, what was it? Kira, the lead, the lady, um, Kira, Kira, mm-hmm. is it Kira? Yeah. Kira. Um, I was just thinking of that one at the end of. of you're, you're thinking that's Ray's mom. Well, we're thinking. Pos- <laughs> well, we're possibly thinking that there, which, there is the possibility. Which actually, in in some yeah. of the earliest rumors, Ray's name was going to be Kira. Yeah. So, so, so that's a possibility. So I thought that maybe she's. And Ray's it's mom. interesting because there is that that balance between good and evil in her mm-hmm. too. Of she's doing, you know, and and that's interesting. And why, you know, so, and, so that whole and, that's, she's, and she's British. The motive, yep, all mm-hmm. that. So all that points to that possibility. But my thing was, I just. You know, we were saying, like, with Finn, you know, how did he switch to being such a good guy after being, you know, and, and Han Solo's, as explained, is hers, I'm just thinking now, and I'm reflecting on that, is hers a believable story that she is that bad that she would betray? Like, because she seems so darn and good, so is it because that he left her for three years and then all this bad stuff happened to her? You know, like, I was, is that a, is that makes sense in that, that, for that character motivation to all of a sudden she's with Darth Maul and, yeah. you know, so I'm like... Is, do we buy that? Yeah. Does it work? Because I that was the only thing where I felt like okay she's helping him, but then she's not, mm-hmm. and then she's helping, but she never went out to kill him. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes sense if you notice. Like she wasn't like fully like I'm gonna just turn around and kill you. She actually allowed his escape to happen. Did she leave at the end as a left. way of as a way of keeping some distance between Han and this crime syndicate? Well, I don't know. Maybe. See, and that's what I'm saying. So does that. Because ultimately, he he feels like she betrayed her, which yeah. she did, but she also saved his life. Right. right. So the mix between good and not so good does that mm-hmm. work with her? Is yeah. she a good character? Is she a, or is that a? Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of um, Casino Royale, the gal in there. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, just the way they wrote that. But are, do are her actions do they make sense in this movie? Uh, I mean, at times, it was a little bit of a stretch. It, like, happened a little fast. A little bit. And, that's, yeah. and that was the only thing I'm thinking back now where I'm going. That's the only part where it's like, oh, wait, how is she? Right. She's good or she's not? Why would she could just, just, you know, why does right. she? Right now, she could just go off with Han. If she really loves him. Right. Why would you not go off with Han? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. she didn't really love him. But then, early on, they looked like they really, and then she said the story of him getting through yeah. and, and the smiles and all. So, like, if there is that strong connection, they're making out mm-hmm. and they're doing would she leave him at the end? Mm-hmm. What is her motivation to leave? Is it that mm-hmm. she's just that messed up because of all the things that they're all like? Because they kept referring, you don't know what she's done. Or she's, you don't know what, what's right. happened to her, what she's <clears> done. She's that far into this crime family. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel like she honestly prostituted mm-hmm. herself is what right. I felt like. And that's what she was for them. And that's what she's done. I, I feel like you glossed over a big surprise that happened in the movie real quick when you were just like, yeah, you know, she's teaming up with Darth Maul. And it like... Darth Maul. I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, I didn't either. No, I didn't either. But I, well, that, yeah. when they mentioned when they mentioned the name of the crime family, I'm like, oh, Crimson Dawn. I know that from I know that from Clone Wars, the mm-hmm. cartoon, and uh, some of the comic books, and I, that's the criminal organization that Darth Maul becomes okay. a part See, of in the cartoons. And yeah. yeah. So in the if you haven't seen Clone Wars, it's that Darth Maul. I won't go into the whole story, but the idea is that after in Episode One, when he gets sliced in half by Obi Wan, he falls into that pit. And then down in that pit, he actually survives, builds himself some like robot legs, yeah. <clears throat> and climbs out. He's kind of gone insane, and he climbs out and he tries to get revenge on Obi Wan, and you know, ends up getting stopped. And then he like gets himself some normal kind of robot legs, and then he 
becomes a little bit more sane. He's still not totally all okay upstairs, but, um, and then he tries to go back to the emperor. He tries to go back to him and say, Hey, look, I was your apprentice at one point. We got some unfinished business here. I mean, I can still help you, mm-hmm. you know, just, I, I've, I've learned a whole lot more. I'm so much more powerful. And the emperor is like, no, 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 you, you failed me. You're done. I've already moved on from you. I've already got a better apprentice now. And then Darth Maul just kind of snaps again. And he's like, fine, forget you too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi, and now I'm going to do whatever I can to mess up your plans for this empire. So that's when Darth Maul decides to become the head of this crime family. He starts like killing off the other members of other crime families and then taking everything for himself and saying, hey, I'm going to make my own empire. You know, It's not going to be quite the same as what you got. I don't need to be an apprentice anymore because I'm pretty powerful. I'm going to yeah. do my own thing, and I'm going to be conniving, and I'm going to be a, a big crime boss. And so that you kind of get some of that from... The, yeah. from some of the comics, from Clone Wars and all that. But I had no idea that they were actually going to have him show up. I know at one point they kept saying, you know, you don't even know who this Dryden Voss works for. Yeah. Like, he has yeah, to answer to yeah. somebody else. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is it Jabba the Hutt? Yeah, like, that's what I thought. That'd be kind of cool. I was going to go back to Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. That's what I kept hearing. Yeah. Yeah. the crime thing. And, uh, that's what yeah. I mean. and then all of a sudden when he shows up, and his, the voice, when the voice first came on, I was like, okay, somebody with a hood. Yeah. That voice sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know who it is. It's it's not the emperor. And you it's, get that it's first not that. shot. You're like, look, oh my. God. I was like, what is that? And, they, right, and then he takes like it right. He takes the thing. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good yeah. with this. Yeah, I'm good with this. So now I'm just kind of curious what they like. Where does it go from here? Because obviously, yeah. I think they've hired him on to do at least one or two more hired who? movies. The guy to play Han Solo. So, okay. I think he's signed on to play in at least three movies. Sure. So obviously, and they left it. Wide oh, open yeah, that yeah. you've got play. I mean, the they've also, I think they've also, well, I think they've also left it to say, hey, if we don't do another movie, it's good. It makes and it connects. Han enough. and Chewie are off to Tatooine to go work for Jabba the Hutt. That yeah. ties into Star yeah. Wars. We've got Kira and Darth Maul. They're going to be doing their thing. That ties into the Clone Wars cartoon and some of the mm-hmm. comics. And if we need to finish that off somehow, yeah. if we need to finish something with her character, we'll do it in a book or a comic or, or yeah. whatever. So I feel like they did a good enough job to say, hey. If we do another one or two solo movies, cool. We'll flesh out more of this backstory. If we don't, cool. You know where it goes from here. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Is anything else we want to say about say about solo? I, I don't know if we were recording when we said this. Um, talking about, I'm gonna take my kids to go see it. And I don't, I mean, my, for anybody that might be listening that's got kids, um, a lot of times I like to go see a movie first and then mm-hmm. decide if, if it's going to be okay for the kids to go to. Um, I don't think there was anything in this movie that would keep me from taking both my son and my daughter. John's 10, Nora's 7. Yeah. Um, they've seen Rogue One. They've seen all the Marvel movies. They've, you know, so they've, they've seen the action stuff. The only stuff that I thought might be a little iffy for Nora is the Lady Proxima, like the wormy lady yeah, at the beginning yeah. that was a little creepy um and then some of the war scenes uh when han solo's in the infantry yeah some of that stuff but i'm also looking at that and i'm going that's not really any different than rogue one so right. right i don't see anything here there was like a guy screaming my leg my leg and like some other war stuff going on i'm like okay well maybe that's that like that's a, a little borderline for her but for her, otherwise yeah. the rest of it it's all star wars yeah. sci-fi action yeah. so and you don't really I'm see gore yeah. crazy no stuff. yeah um but is there any? Yeah. Again, yeah. I was. That's what I was looking. That, that, I was thinking of the, the end when he ends up killing Woody. Woody yeah. Girl, um, he shot first. Yeah. 
He shot first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Oh, is that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Because <laughs> no, I, like, I said, I said it first. I said it first. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, I shot first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but like, yeah. I think the ending. Like that one they're talking, and I, it, that honestly caught me by surprise. I yeah. thought I thought maybe somebody else was going to do mm-hmm. it. I thought maybe the other warrior, like that lady, was going to yeah. do it. Some and, and even when it happened at first, I was mm-hmm. like, did he just did he just shoot him? Because then he goes over and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like this. Yeah. But he did, and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to shoot you. So, yeah, yeah. kind of like you did the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess before we go, we finish it off with um, there have been some rumors of new movies that will be up next for like, we've had Rogue One, a Star Wars story. We've had Solo, a Star Wars story. Now they've got rumors of three different ones that could possibly be next. Of these three, which one would you rather see happen first? They have now said that. Um, Lando has gotten such a good reaction in this movie that they would do Lando, a Star Wars story, where it's just a movie with just him, mm-hmm. Donald Glover playing Lando. Um, they've talked for a couple years now about an Obi-Wan movie, just a standalone Obi-Wan, maybe having Ewan McGregor come back and do it. Mm-hmm. And then just yesterday, I think, they've there's a pretty strong rumor that they've said, and they've been saying this for a while now, that there'd be a Boba Fett movie. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've heard they said James Mangold, who did Logan, um, would be the maybe writer and director for a Boba Fett movie, maybe like a space western kind of cool. kind of thing. So between those three, if they were going to do if the next movie other than Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, if the next movie was Lando, Obi Wan, or Boba Fett, which one would you rather see first? You ready? I got okay. my I got my I, don't know. I got my order. My order is yeah. third would be Lando. Okay. Um, I think he's a good side character. I think he works well in this, but I think yeah. everything about us about his life, I wouldn't be that interested mm-hmm. in. Yeah, um, okay. it's close between the next two. I, it's almost a tie. Um, my first instinct is I want to see. I want to see just because of the way the other ones are. I want to see um, um, Obi Wan. Yeah. Just because there's a gap of so much that happens between yeah. his life and all that stuff and filling it in and, and saying that would be really cool mm-hmm. to get a lot of that backstory. And the but cartoon yeah, the I cartoons would love to see a Boba Fett. The too. cartoons do a little bit of that for Obi Wan. Like yeah. there are a couple yeah. times in the most recent Star Wars cartoons where they go to Tatooine and all of a sudden a slightly older Obi Wan shows up. Huh. And he's there to like he's watching over Luke. But I think there's so much more with the travels yeah. and the story of mm-hmm. a Jedi and what he does and all that that feel, that I think that would be a really cool one yeah. for me mm-hmm. to see. But at the same time, Boba Fett's such a cool character, mm-hmm. and yeah. knowing that you already have that backstab back backstory of like when he was the kid, yeah, and and all that, seeing some of his things, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I mean, can you fill? I, I mean, I'm, with a creative script, I guess you could. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to fill the Obi Wan with. You have so many more stuff that you can mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Yeah. The, Boba Fett that ties well, into the new you can make something but that one might be where you might want to go a little bit yeah. more experimental and somebody the other teacher we were with at the movie asked me she's like what's what's the next one I said well they've been talking about doing an Obi-Wan movie and she's like well that's dumb he's on Tatooine the whole time like he doesn't leave the planet so like why would they why would they do that That's that seems kind of dumb and I, I'm like well no I, I think if you do it right like you could do like a could be like a Lawrence of Arabia kind of movie. Yeah. Like it doesn't, he doesn't have to leave Tatooine. There could be some stuff that happens. Big thing going on on Tatooine yeah. that no, the rest of the galaxy has no clue what's going on. Maybe even other people on Tatooine don't know what's going maybe on. But maybe, Darth Maul, but maybe, awesome. well, you do that too. But maybe yeah. Obi-Wan, maybe Obi-Wan has to do something because there's something big that's about to happen. And if he doesn't do something, Luke, like little boy Luke, could be affected by it. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's got to do something yeah, to try to keep more, him safe. There's more avenues yeah. with that to, to work with where that's why, yeah. Yeah. And I think because I think it is somewhat fun, at least for the for us, 
Where I see Boba Fett as a brand new, fresh start, there's connections, but you don't have to connect a whole lot with Boba Fett. Right. Because yeah. how much he plays in the like, later stories, yeah, he's there, but it's not like integral integral part of the story. Right. But like with Obi-Wan, there is, so you can, we want to see where those things all connect. This, mm-hmm. That's why this was fun, because it was kind of nice to see some of those things talked about here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For back there. So, yeah. yeah. So I would go, I would go Obi-Wan with a very close second of Boba Fett yeah. Yeah. and a distant, I would put it honestly at a distant third yeah. for Lando. For Lando. I, really, yeah. I love the character in the movie. I like, yeah. I think it was great in this one. I just don't see, like I'd want, I wouldn't be rushing out to go. I think that would be a, a bit of a flop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just very quickly going to say, Boba Fett would not be a flop. No. no. You're going to no. get a lot of people out for Boba Fett. Yeah. You get a lot of people for Obi-Wan. I think, I think the bigger risk would be, and, and this one costs so mm-hmm. much money. I think it was the highest expensive is what I saw on Wikipedia. This one, the Han Solo one? Yeah, 250 oh, really? million or something. Okay. It was like, it's way up there. And, I, and that might be because they had to reshoot everything. Right. And that's, right. I'm sure that's the, the big the big issue. Okay. Yeah. I'll just jump in real quick before you do, Pat, and I'll just say everything you just said is my vote, too. Mine, like, mine I, I would yours too. Yeah, mine too. I would say Lando, uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, Lando is is a distant third. Distant. Like Exactly like you yep. said. Loved his character in this movie. Thought he did a great job. But I definitely, I mean, Obi-Wan's probably my favorite Star Wars character. Yeah. Like of any of the characters, mm-hmm. he's probably my favorite in all the movies. Um, so definitely I'd want to see his movie first. And then I would totally want to see a Boba Fett, Boba Fett movie, and then Lando would be yeah. third. So. Yeah. And then Rose would be... And then Rose would be like a fourth or fifth. Just, would she come before Jar Jar or after Jar Jar? Yeah. If they were to do Rose a Star Wars story or Jar Jar a Star Wars story, which one would you rather see first? Oh God! Uh, yeah, <laughs> bringing that up with that, I think. Oh, you're avoiding about, the question now. I am. <laughs> I'm going obviously Jar Jar, but um, oh, okay. But bringing that up too, I think. I think again, wise decisions. Some people might be saying playing it safe. They went a little bit quirky with you know, like with that with the one robot character with mm-hmm. what's her, uh, the the L three. Uh, yeah, L three. Yeah. And then the other ones that were in there, and any other, anything else that was in there, any other characters, they didn't go crazy over the top with some weird voice. Mm-hmm. Like Jar Jar was such a big risk, and that's where I think it becomes annoying. We yeah. talk we talk about that in like class, and we talk about Wall-E and stuff, and right. and there's we see a whole piece on designing sound for animation or from characters that don't really exist in real space. And it was like it's a risk. Like think yeah. Darth Vader without Darth Vader's voice, Homer right. Simpson without Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. You have to get it right for it to work, otherwise. Yeah. This brings me back to Howard the Duck. Right. <laughs> I oh. can't stand the voice of Howard the Duck. Right. So the movie is painful for me, no matter what the script is. Have you ever this one? None of them were. None of them were irritating from the character that with the arm. Not, nobody was irritating. Have you ever seen any of the clips where they show before they did uh, James Earl Jones as the voice? Have you ever seen any of the clips where, no. they, where they have the actor oh, inside God, the be, suit talking? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a. It's a British accent and yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit it's high pitched. So it's a. David it's a bit. Of, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. And he's like trying to shout it because he's inside the mask. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah, it's like nothing. That's your Rick Brian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but that whole that that those choices are also wise choices. The closest mm-hmm. was the one snakeish sort of lady, and mm-hmm. I don't think it was yeah. just teetering on the edge. But it wasn't that bad. It wasn't right. annoying to me. But it was, and she's not in there long, so it worked. Right. Yeah. So. Right. But yeah, having a main character like Jar Jar was such a big risk. This mm-hmm. one they played it's perfect. I yeah. Think. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our solo podcast. Where so Pat falls asleep. I'm turning into a pumpkin. He's been over here. You know what? You barely fell asleep the in the movie. Minutes, I was though, proud was of you. Like I did well. I was movie. proud of you for not falling kinda, asleep during the movie. Yeah, so, I started yeah. to fade. There were because yeah. it was like Dennis said. There was the half hour of trailers, uh-huh. and then it was like I was hurting after that. And I was just and I got the aisle seat so I could get up and stand. Right. And just as I was about to get up and stand, I stabbed and I was going. Yep. Yep. But here I'm just kind of like I'm like. All right. Well, I think on the way home, I think I'm going to go buy the soundtrack and just start listening to it again. Yeah. 
Really like the music. Really. Yep. All right. So um, I think coming up, I don't know when this episode's going to come out. Uh, it'll come out sometime in the next either a few days or week or whatever. But yeah, we'll do that. Spoiler alert. So spoiler yeah, alert. Definitely. Oh, there will the, be at the yeah, at the outset. We didn't yeah. say spoilers. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I will. I will. Yeah, I, right. I'm going to go back and record some of that yeah. before. And okay. since we only had the phone to record stuff on, I'll I'll do it in post. Yes. As we say. Um, so some of our next episodes coming up, we've got, depending on when this one comes out, we might have some of our other, uh, I don't know if we will have released the alienation one yet or or some of those. Um, but we've got those coming up if it hasn't come out already. And then coming up next month, we've got, um, the great outdoors, we've got coming to America, uh, Beetlejuice. And what was the other one? Uh, the adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yeah. So. We have some crazy ones coming up in June. So if you want to go watch those movies now so that you can listen along with us when they come up, please do so. Otherwise, um, go check us out at 30podcast.com. We're on iTunes, Google Play, all those other fun places. Um, So be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And may the force be with you. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, John. All right. We'll see you all later. true.